0: You're listening to The B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Danielle Luan, VP of Marketing at Black Kite. Danielle, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Jeremy, thanks so much for having me today. Excited for the conversation.
0: Very cool. So tell us about a memorable marketing moment in your career.
1: Yeah, well... For those of y'all that are not familiar with BlackKite, we're a third-party cyber rating intelligence platform. When I first joined the company, there were about eight of us in a shoebox. That's kind of how a startup goes. Uh, There was no marketing department. There was no blueprint. And I feel when you come into an organization, there's areas of opportunity for refinement or improvement. But when you don't have an existing department in a company like a startup, you got to start somewhere. And I'll never forget when I started, uh, this was right before COVID hit. I was told that social media in the marketing world is great for awareness, engagement, creating a following, but you're never going to be able to monetize social media and utilize social media as a platform to generate pipeline or, or deals. So with the turn of COVID, we've been able to utilize LinkedIn as a our number one lead lead generation, but also opportunity generation platform. We pulled some analytics from Q1 of this year. LinkedIn is influencing 76% of the deals that we're closing as a company. So what I found really remarkable in that moment is there is an area of opportunity for everything. It might not have been done in the past. It might not have been successful in the past, but make sure that you're looking for those opportunities and taking advantage of them and at least trying.
0: Love that. Right. Don't just assume, try, see what happens. And uh, well, great. Thanks for sharing that. And you, you already told us a little bit about, about Black Kite. Is there anything else we, sh- we should know? Anything else you want to say about the company?
1: You know, we've talked about this, Jeremy, but I think it's just the rapid growth. It's so neat to be part of a company that's actually making an impact. And cybersecurity is top of mind right now for businesses across the globe. It's a business issue, whether it's ransomware or some of the headline breaches that we're seeing. I think that to be part of something in this space that is so relevant and fast moving, it's it's a great space to be as far as cybersecurity is concerned.
0: Okay, very good. Now, I know that one of your major challenges in your role is connecting with an audience that's pretty skeptical, and maybe a little bit allergic to marketing claims. So first of all, describe your audience. Who are these people? And why are they so skeptical?
1: Yeah, well, we cater to cyber and risk professionals. The primary persona that's a customer of ours is a CISO, a chief information security officer. The best way that explained what a CISO's world is like every single day is they are measured by their mistakes. So no matter how many phenomenal processes and platforms and tools and people they put into their cybersecurity programs, it takes one breach for them to be be knocked within the organization. So what they're really looking for is intelligence that a they can trust but b provides the confidence in their decision making. So for us this audience, unfortunately, with just the emergence of technology and some of the solutions that have come about, they've been burned by them, whether it is the capabilities of the platform, a little bit of over-promising and under-delivering, whether that's the quality of the data that they're producing. It's a whole slew of reasons, but we're trying to capture a market that again, has unfortunately been burned in the past, Mm -hmm. and help them understand what better tools and solutions are out there that will alleviate some of the concerns that they're having.
0: Okay. So these are are folks that have kind of been trained to not take things at face value. You really have to earn their trust. And I know that one of your main strategies for doing that is what you described to me as vertical segmentation, Mm -hmm. right? So explain what that is, and how you do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I realized, again, our competitors had a phenomenal business model just as the Internet was introduced over the last few years. And digital supply chain is now a primary concern. And what they did is they captured the market in a very cast a wide net approach. If you have a digital presence and a digital footprint, then you can be a customer of ours. We can help you. And again, that's how they broke into the market. They, they captured the market share that they have. But what happened, like all technology and all problems, is, is it it's become very multifaceted. And industries are maturing at a very different rate when it comes to cybersecurity. And I think the evolution of that was very clear when it came to third-party risk management. So what we've been able to identify is, A, our audience in these industry verticals Really appreciate when you take the time to understand what are their pain points? What are they dealing with each and every day? What are their individual concerns based on some of the supply chain issues they're experiencing, whether that's physical or digital? And once we started asking those questions, it was very clear that we uncovered that they are walking very different walks of life. They're intertwined Mm. to an, but how they go about their cybersecurity practice is very different. So from a marketing perspective, it started there started with a market analysis of these verticals. Where are they in the process? How mature are they? And how can we help them and their business? And, We started with financial services just due to the critical information, the PII, that data. Financial services is actually the foundation of many cyber programs and clients. And then we went into folks like manufacturing, whether that was pharmaceutical with COVID and and the experiences that they had uploading to the cloud at a very rapid rate. So to sum it up, it's been a very telling process when we look at the numbers, Every single vertical that we have targeted is where the majority of our customer base and our pipeline generation is coming into play. So we've been able to see, hey, taking the time to understand what these people need and cater to their pain points and work with them to solve them um, is a much more effective strategy than trying to cast that wide net and lump Mm. them into one sum together.
0: Okay, can you give me a specific example without naming names if you don't want to, of what that looks like in practice? You know, how you've been able to sort of tailor your outreach to a specific target or a specific vertical.
1: Absolutely. So again, with the manufacturing space, this was our vertical in our second quarter of 2021. Manufacturing is a very broad space. Um, You have automotive manufacturing, pharmaceutical, the list goes on and on. But again, we looked at what industries' supply chains are growing the fastest and where do they need visibility into the risks in those supply chains. So we selected automotive manufacturing, which is the largest manufacturers in the world are typically automotive manufacturers. So, what we did is we selected a list, a sample size of the top 100 auto manufacturers in the world. We uploaded those to our platform, and our platform does the work for you. So, we were able to create an ecosystem. And in that ecosystem, it prioritized all of the cyber risks that the automotive manufacturing sector is facing, the most prioritized. Then it went through to their ransomware susceptibility. We could see that based on their geography, based on their company size. Um, So what it did is it provided those indicators and the visibility for this sector. And what we could do was also benchmark that to financial services, which we had done the quarter before, so they can understand. again, where they stand, but where they stand against their peers. Uh, So we rolled out a pretty in-depth marketing report, which included the cyber posture of the automotive manufacturing sector. But we also interviewed a lot of CISOs in this sector and got to hear straight from them of how they're handling the digital transformation and what their greatest pain points are as far as garnering support from the board or understanding of their initiatives, budget, manpower, resources, visibility, and really tailoring that report based on those interviews. So we could serve the larger audience as a whole. I think, again, in any marketing program, it's trying to create a robust infrastructure. Uh, So in addition to the report, it was any materials that we could generate to help educate this audience that A, If you already know what your pain points are, we understand and we have some solutions for you. But B, you might not even be aware of Mm. the transformation and emerging threats that are happening in your space. So let us help you uncover those.
0: Mm. Okay. So, I mean, in a way, it seems to come down to kind of the simple, and by simple, I don't mean easy to do, but just like the basic concept of know your audience as well as you can.
1: Exactly. And I think what's wonderful today is there's no shortage of resources that you can do to really do a a market analysis on an audience. Uh, We utilize Gartner heavily just with the inquiries and the analysts and the availability that we have there. So While I'm doing my own proprietary analysis to uncover maybe the blue ocean strategy or opportunity we have here at Black Kite, the resources that you have to cross-reference that with larger industry researchers and things, again, to to really know your audience. It sounds simple, but there's definitely a strategy to go around doing that so you can execute much more efficiently.
0: Yeah. I guess there's always more you can learn, Mm -hmm. right, as as the audience changes. so. What have you learned about what not to do when it comes to gaining your audience's trust and learning about what they care about?
1: Yeah, I think that probably the biggest mistake that you can do is not explain to a prospect or somebody that you're trying to get in front of what they will get out of an engagement. Whether that is, you know, them landing on your website or your social media platforms. You can market material and information all day long, but you cannot answer or if it's not clear in that information what they're supposed to do with it or what they how they can take that information and, and apply it, then it's wasteful. So I'm a very much why are we doing this in the first place? And what is the benefit for the audience based on this material or this initiative? And I think that that will also, as we grow, you know, again, we're a small company. Two years ago, it was just myself. Now we have a team of six on the marketing department. But just as you have more resources to pull off campaigns and initiatives, it's always working smarter and not harder.
0: Hmm. You know, it's funny, it, it seems like It just makes obvious sense that you'd always want to foreground, you know, here's the outcome you'll get from this. And through your research, you know, it's an outcome that's going to be valuable to them. In other words, making it all about your audience and their cares and concerns. But I guess it's all too easy to, you know, get caught up in your own stuff and sort of assume like, well, our product is so awesome. It just speaks for itself. You know, they'll get it. They'll, Of course, how could they not see the value? But that's usually not the case.
1: You know, and and Jeremy, I, again, I think that seems so easily said and and like a simple task, but to your point, and this is marketing and sales. This is really any company. It's very easily to get caught up in what do we want out of this? Whether that's the sale, whether that's the recognition, right. whether that's you know brand loyal. But the moment that you're able in every single decision that you make to pivot that dial to to ask what are they getting out of this? What is, what is the customer going to benefit from this conversation or this advertisement or this medium that I'm trying to reach them through? If you don't have an answer to that, then you probably shouldn't be doing what you're doing.
0: I hear you. Well said. Awesome. Well, you guys have a lot of, lot of great stuff going on. So thanks for sharing all that. Danielle, really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. And for any of the audience, if you ever have any questions on go-to-market or what it's like to work for an organization that's growing at this pace, I'm always happy to help.
0: Okay. We'll put your uh, contact info your, to, to your LinkedIn page in our show notes so folks can reach out.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at Jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com.